This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Foxes Tales show. My name's Phil. This is Leicester Fan TV. So good welcome to you on that. Tonight, we are joined by another ex-Leicester City player. One, to be fair, a favourite of mine from back in the day, Paul Reed, Reedy, as I used to. And all the fans in the cop used to give him lots and lots of love. So get your questions in to Paul Reed now in tonight's Foxes Tales show. So join us shortly with Paul Reed. Yeah, indeed. Get your questions in. Sadly, Tom can't make it tonight. He was going to be hosting tonight's show. Not a problem stepping in for him. Brad Norman says, good evening to you. Brad, how are you? What would you like to ask Paul Reed? Do you remember him? What do you remember of him? The good stuff, the exciting stuff. It was a, a tumultuous time. That's probably a made up word of mine going through when Paul Reed was part of Leicester City. Uh, he joined us in 1986. He left us in 1992. He made over 162 appearances for us in the Blue City shirt. And he scored around 20-odd goals, a couple of stunners as well, one of which I seem to remember, if my memory is right, was a goal of the season. So if you would like to get your questions into Paul Reed, who I'm just about to add into the stream now, get them in the comments and we will ask him. Paul. Evening. Can How are you? Hear us? Can you hear us, Paul? Yeah, fine. Yeah, loud and clear. Do you know what, Paul? I'm really sorry. I can't hear you. So I'm going to take you out and just ask you, can you click on the link again, Paul? Is that all right? Yeah, OK, no problem. Thanks, Paul. I don't know why that's... Uh, I've lost... We did a test beforehand, but sadly, 
We didn't get any sound there. Hopefully you can hear me. Or Mick Bell is watching. Can you hear us, Mick? Um, <clears throat> what are your memories, Mick, of... Um, you're old enough, Mick, to remember Paul Reed from back in the 80s, aren't you? So what are your memories? Brad Norman says he's too young. Come on, Brad. Uh, Paul, can you hear me now? I can hear you fine, fine, yeah. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks, Paul. Sorry about that little bit of a technical problem there at the start, especially after we tested it. Um, Paul, it's great to have you on. Um, Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, We want to talk a little bit about what you're up to now, but let's start with Leicester City time, and that's where we're going to focus on. Obviously, you joined us back in 1986. Um, The usual question we ask fans, what made you, what tempted you to come to Leicester City? I think it was um, just a setup, really. Obviously, when um, when I joined um, with Dave Richardson, who was um, youth team manager, um, the setup was great. Um, with the likes of uh, Jim Wright and Pat Davis used to take the training as well. And I think it was just uh, the training ground. It was good. They had an indoor gym. Um, and to be fair, like my local clubs like Birmingham, Villa, West Brom, uh, Wolves, even Everton, you know, went on trial then, but they all said I was too small. Um, Leicester took a chance on me, and um, fortunately, you know, I thought I did uh, did well in, as you said, over 162 games. I think I had a quick check. I think I'm in the top 100 of league career uh, games for the uh, for the Foxes. So I'm, you know, I'm really chuffed with that. Yeah, indeed. Was, which, who was the manager who signed you? Because it was around the time of Gordon Milne and Brian Hamilton. Was it? Was it yeah. that combination that pulled you in? Yeah, Gordon Milne was um, was first team manager. Uh, Jerry Summers was assistant manager at the time. Um, I remember as a sixteen year old being asked being asked to train with the first team squad, the likes of Ian Wilson, Gary Lineker, Alan Smith, yeah. Smith. Um, sorry, um, yeah, Bobby Smith. Uh, Paul Ramsey, John O'Neill. So there's some legends there. The, with, yeah. With me as a 16-year-old training with, with them boys, Kevin McDonald. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is unreal. But, you know, Mark Wallington, the goalkeeper. But they made, you know, made you feel so welcome. I think that was a thing what Leicester did really well. They sent, obviously, a couple of the apprentices up to train with the first team just to give them that experience and, you know, just a chance to, you know, to show what you can do, really. Yeah, and, and then Brian Hamilton came in, sort of, things changed, didn't they, with the managers a little bit? Because it was Gordon, did Gordon Milne go up, sort of, yeah, a high think, level, and Brian Hamilton come in yeah, well, to I take the remember. day-to-day training, sort of? Something. Yeah, well, I can remember, I think Gordon Milne moved up to what they call now as football technical director, or advisor to the first team manager. Uh, obviously, Brian Hamilton came in. Um, I, I played a couple of pre-season games, I think, and then it was halfway through uh, the season where um, there was about four of us. I think it was me, if I can remember right, Phil Horner, Paul Bunks, um, some Kevin Joblin. Uh, sort of said the first team manager doesn't doesn't fancy you, Brian Hamilton. Well, I think we were all first year, first year pros, me and Kevin. Yeah. I think Paul Bunks and Phil Horner like the second years and said, listen, the first team manager doesn't fancy you, you know, which is fine. I remember playing a game away at Sunderland in the reserve. The first team manager had a go at me for being too soft. So I remember the next game I went out on a Saturday morning, the old old team. Uh, I can't remember who played, but I just had a, a, a nasty streak into me. I smashed everything. I elbowed people. And within the space of a month, 
I made my first team debut away at Southampton. Uh, sorry, pre, yeah, first team debut away at Southampton. But pre, during the week, we'd uh, we'd been on a trip to Valencia, where I think we beat them one 0 and then I set the goal up for Adam Smith, and then made my debut on the Saturday Southampton away. And I, you won't. I got the shirt that I wore, which is there. Oh, what a classic! There, so and fantastic. Right. Right on the back, so I've still got that. Yet to get it framed. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, time. You've you've had a couple of years to get that sorted. Yeah. Out, but you were always, you were always, and I'm saying this from somebody who stood on the cop at Filbert Street, watched you and cheered you on, and did the old reedy, reedy, all that sort of stuff. You were always one of the what uh, one of the fans' favourites because, like you say, when you broke in, you did play with passion. You did play with a smile on your face. You did have a bit of grit about you, and obviously, you you were quite an exciting player to watch. What was it sort of? like being a player at Filbert Street in those days? Because I just want to remind some of the Leicester fans who watch this now are used to the King Power Stadium, 32,000 sellouts. Some of the average attendances back in the day at Filbert Street was only like about 11, 12, 15,000 fans, but it was a noisy place at times. But boy, yeah, I was just going to say, boy, did it rock, especially like obviously the cop, because um, I remember the way fans used to be next to them. And sometimes they used to have um, the, the small stand across the way. I can't remember what it's called. The East Stand, yeah. And then they used to have some... Th so back in those days, there was always banter with the fans. They were noisy. They were loud. And, you know, it was it was some some place to, to play. I think it's only when you realise when, when it's not there anymore, you know, when you finish your career, how good a place it was and how lucky you were to be in that environment as a professional footballer, especially as a... You know, a great club like Leicester and Silver Street hold so many great memories for me. Um, you know, I've scored some cracking goals there. I'm not blowing my old trumpet, but, you know, I did. Um, you know, and it, and it was a great place to play. And, you know, more often than not, I did, you know, get a good reception from the fans. There was obviously a couple who didn't like me for someone for reason or another. But, you know, that's, that's what you get in football. I think I'm surprised to hear you say that, Paul, because I think generally... You were one of those players that people got right behind and and um, did enjoy cheering. One of the Facebook users here has said, always remember his goal against Blackburn. It was a great goal. You did, I don't know if it was the Blackburn goal. Did you get goal of the season as well for one of your goals? I yeah, seem to remember I, it being a great strike. Yeah, I think that that's that's what the uh, the gentleman was on about there. I think we, we went up there, Blackburn were flying at the top of the league. At the time, we were on a really good run. You know, we had some excellent players in, in the team at the time. Um, Peter Weir, Paul Cooper, Russell Osman, Steve Walsh. You know, we had a real good alley. Paul Ramsey, Mike New. I can go through all David Croft. You know, we had a real good team that you know David Peter put together. And I think the goal that the the goal of the season was um, second goal where I think it was a pass from Darren McAllister into David Croft. We put it out on halfway line to me, and I just ran, kept running, kept going, kept going, and, and put it in. And I think it was the only goal ever to be voted at the time um away goal of the season sorry the goal of the season for an away goal um and i've still got the um big um silver plate in the uh in my back room in the cabinet I think yeah 1988 i think it was something like that yes yes i think that rings a bell that it was that year uh mick bell has said he's watching mick says he was in the cop back in those days he says what he remembers about you was your tough tackling ball which for, for an attacking type player, I, I, I remember it as well, that you were not frightened of getting stuck in. Yeah, that's, that's where it goes back to, again, what um, when Dave Richardson got us into the first team dressing room at Filbert Street and said the first team manager doesn't fancy you 
uh, Brian Hamilton on an away trip back from um, from Sunderland saying, you're too soft as a centre-forward. Right, right, there we are then. So the next game, I just went out, just decided. And then from then, that, that probably was the making of, made me not the player I was, because I think, you know, I was an average player, but I was, you know, an average player, average to good player. And, I think a good player, Paul. Yeah, I should have more confidence in myself, but but it's one of them things that's also my, I'm too soft. So the next time I just went out and then, you know, just carried on, just, you know, tackles, smash people. And, you know, for Neil Warnock has signed me three times. So obviously that has had some impact yeah. in his decision to sign me as well. But I like to think I could play a little bit as well, you know, so... But, but no, and I mean, I, you you were you were quite quite tough tackler. Somebody who I mean, in modern day Leicester City, we quite often refer back to. If only the current team had an Ali Mockland in the side, I, I mean, he probably wouldn't survive long without getting red cards. But what was it like playing alongside somebody like um, Ali Mockland in well, there? When, when obviously when David Bleak came in, he he put me on the on the right wing, being left footed, and I had Ali behind me. Um, so and obviously then you had like like Steve Walsh one time Mickey Kennedy was in the team as well so you know there was Paul Ramsey another one we had some really hard players who wouldn't wouldn't shy out of a tackle and and you know the likes of Alan and Steve uh, Steve Walsh demanded that of everyone else around them so although it wasn't a successful time it was a good successful time for me being involved with those players you know having to do the dirty things having to put your foot in, having to tackle, having to look after your team teammates when they're going wrong. So, I mean, it was just great to play, you know, with the likes of them, like, as I said, like Ali, Steve Wood, yeah. the three who were really, like, tough tackling, hard, hard men. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking back through my Foxes and Fossils book, which I've got, which looking at the players in the era you played with, there is some some great names that you were, were in those squads with you, like you say, from keepers, even even Muggo, Carl Muggleton, yeah. um, Tony James, who we are going to come on to that game against Oxford with you um, toward in, in that uh, season. Uh, Richard Smith, like you say, Walshie, Paul Ramsey, Simon Morgan. I always remember yeah. Chesty Morgan. Um, mm. A couple of players I want to talk to you about. A bit of wildcard players, maybe, who came in. Kevin Campbell came in on loan for a short period and had quite a successful loan period before he was ever went on to quite have, have a lot of success. Do you remember much with yeah. Kevin Campbell? Yeah, Ken, Casey, Young lad. Casey was brilliant when he came in. Um, really nice guy, down to earth. I think he was only 19 when he when he came. Yeah. Settled in straight away. Loads and loads of talent. Um I remember spending one or two uh, evenings with Kevin when he uh, he was stopping at the the Holiday Inn in Leicester. Um, one or two evenings with spent with him having a having a few beers, having a chat and whatever. Yeah. Really nice guy and a real good footballer. You could tell he was going to go on to, to you know to play for Arsenal's first team. Um, yeah. I think we as as a club and as players were quite lucky to to have sort of that caliber of player you know uh, joining us. Yeah, indeed. I remember watching. He, he did have a nice little performance for Leicester. Um, another another striker you played with was Yavi Rantanen, the mighty Finn. Yeah. Again, it caught us all a bit by surprise, and we couldn't, as fans, we couldn't make out whether whether it was all a bit of a joke or whether he was really a great player. What, what was he like playing with? He was huge. And yes. That, that you know. Football and ability, not no dis, not being disrespectful, but you know that's that wasn't what he was about. He was a big target man. He 
try to hold the ball up and he, you know, he'd score a few goals because I think Yari was involved in my first ever goal for uh, Swansea. Uh, sorry, for Leicester. It was away at Scunthorpe. Yeah. Uh, in the League Cup. I think I set the first one up and I um, I scored one and that was my first goal. Um, and I've, my mum and dad have still got a great picture of the the, the after celebration of me in the middle. You've got Yari Ranton and Mike Newell and then you've got Robbie James in the background strolling up. And, you know, it's a, a great memory. But, yeah, Yari, he was just big. And I don't think he was sort of David Pleat's sort of type of player. No. Uh, and how was it? I mean, my, again, the era of David Pleat was, from a fan's point of view, obviously we got relegated from the old Divi- Division 1 and then we had Division 2. We sort of finished around 15th and 13th for three or four seasons with David Pleat. How, how was he as a manager? Because, obviously, he came with a big... Kudos and, and has done fantastic things in the game. How was he to play under? Yeah, he was for for me. He taught me a lot um, tactically about the game. Obviously, he converted because obviously when I first signed for Leicester, I was a centre forward. I remember you know youth team scoring goals for fun. Youth Cup, Silver Street, we beat Peterborough six nil. I think I scored five. Beat West Brom away five three. I think I scored three. So I was out and out centre forward playing with yeah. my. Back. Playing with my back to goal, so obviously when the bad them times when you get breaded into the um, the reserves, you sort of get chucked out of the middle and looked after sort of thing on the left hand side. But when David come in and took over and put me on the right wing for a reserve game, I was like, "What the hell is this boy doing? I don't, I'm not right footed." But then after working in training with him and Gordon Lee at the time, sort of showed me a new dimension to football and what could be achieved. So you know, you look at the likes of Ronaldo and Messi now. They both play sometimes play on opposite sides. So Ronaldo will play on the left, right footed, and Messi will play on the right, left footed. Same as Riyad Mahrez, obviously for Leicester, yeah. Then on the right, and you know I sometimes think if if I if I was experienced now, what I know, then you know I could have been pretty good. But it's obviously when you're finished and when you're young, you just you just think oh, I just want to play, I just want to play football. You don't sort of think about it. But David got me thinking about the game a lot more than what I. What I did do, because um, you did play, like you said, you played in several different positions. You played like on the wing, you played centre forward. We talked about you played at uh, sort of wing back as well, wing didn't back. you? Yeah, yeah, wing back. And look, even like when Brian Little came in, um, I think I, I started the first game. I think we played Swindon away. First game, I think it was there was a big thing made about Glenn Hoddle because I think he just took over at Swindon, and um, you know I played most of the games pre-season in centre midfield. Uh, went away to Swindon, and I think I, I, hit the po- I hit the bar with a header right in the last couple of minutes. Um, but you know, Brian Little played me there. I got injured against Morecambe, I think, in the cup, and then couldn't get back in the team because the team was doing so so well. Uh, then he brought me back in as wing back. Um, you know, played a couple of decent games, and then um, you know, played all over the place really. But you know, as a, as a young boy, as a football, you just want to play. You know, you don't mind where you play. You just want to play games. Play your games, get your goals. I'm going to bring you towards your end of time at Leicester, but the the 1991 season, which in many ways has given me some of my best memories, but probably because we were at the wrong end of the of the division that year. Yeah, yeah. We ended up, the last two games, I, I believe you scored in the away game at Ipswich, the game before the end, but we just, I think we lost 3-2 or something. I don't know if you remember that game. Yeah, I, th- I think we actually got lost. I think it was 4-1. Oh, was it? I think so, yeah. So I remember scoring 
uh, scoring, and then the, the Leicester fans were away in the left hand side at the top. Yeah, in the uh, old Port, in Portman Road. Yeah, Portman Road. Yeah, um, and that was for one nil. And then God knows what happened after that. <laughs> so, and then, and then obviously that rolled into one of the most famous Leicester games, which was the Le- Leicester game at home against Oxford. Which again, I was stood in the pens behind the goal. Right behind where Tony James scored that you you were playing number nine that day, Paul. What That's was it right, like yeah. as yeah. a player? It, you know, it's it's one of those things that um I used to live. Obviously, I used to live in Oldby, Saffron Road, with my old uh, landlady and landlord uh, Alan and Vera Lunn, who had a lot to do with the football club. Um, there was I stayed there. Kevin Russell stayed with us. So I think Kevin, towards the end of that that season, okay, used to score some important goals. So yeah. he used to go to the local barbers and get an haircut. Not that he needed it, but he used to go. So he used to go and just to build up to the game and you know, like the atmosphere. And we knew that we had to we had to get a result. And fortunate for us, Tony James took his big toe out and the ball ended up <laughs> back in it, which was great for me because after the game, my my dad came to the game, and I don't know if people are aware my where I live, my. The, the local supporters there they're all like either West Brom or Albion or Wolverhampton Wanderers so obviously on that day we stayed up and West Brom went down yeah they did that's right so, so I went took my dad back went into the local pub with my Leicester City track on just to gloat really with all the Albion <laughs> my mates from school and stuff like that so it was, that was a pretty uh, pretty good day a good day for the fans um, yes. you know but you know I, I wouldn't want to wish that on on supporters again because it was you know it must have been really tough for them but, it um, was I mean watching it it was it was hideously exciting behind the goal it was like what well, it's something that modern day fans can't experience Paul by uh, in some ways in a good way that in a modern stadium you get a great view but that that intensity as a fan in a game like that when when Tony James scored yeah. it was a, a a real outburst in the pens behind the goal yeah the, the cop was mad there was some, there were some mad mad people who went in there, you know, yes. uh, socialised like with a couple of them, you know, the old whoever uh, I should mention, all the old baby squad boys and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you can say it. They were down to earth and they loved the club and they were passionate and every home game, you know, they'd they'd be behind you, win, lose or draw. Um, so it was a magnificent arena, especially like with the double decker behind it, and um, so so there was some really great memories there for me. Yeah, yeah, and obviously then we just coming towards the end of your career. You you were very much in favour in those seasons leading up to I think it was about ninety two, was it ninety one, ninety two? Yeah, ninety two. Um, yeah, yeah. You you got what sort of? How come you left Leicester? Because it was it was back in the days. It was was it halfway through the season? Yeah, I think we. Um, I, I think I've been struggling with injury uh, after the. I think I played the first two games, got injured. Couldn't get back in. And then I've come back in and we've done really well. I think we beat Swindon 3-0 at home when I played left wing back. Um, had a couple of good results after that. And then we went to Millwall and it was like a sort of a, a back pass I made to Kevin Poole at the time. He was coming yeah. out. I was going back. I passed it to him. The ball missed and they scored. Um, and then since then, I, I didn't get back in. Um, and it was one of them things, well, you know, the team are doing really well. Um, I'm not going to get back in. You know, I don't want to just sit in the reserves and... I want to. I want to be playing first team football. Um, yeah. I, I, I went on loan to Bradford City in in the March. Yes. Um, Frank Stapleton at the time was manager. Um, Colin Todd was the assistant. So 
I went up there, I think I played eight games and then got injured. Uh, came back to Hill Street, got treated, got, got back fit. Um, obviously watched the playoff games, the Cambridge games, um, trained with the squad for a week, went down to Wembley on the coach, not with the, with the, you know, the first team player, but not with the, t- the team, but we went down as a separate group. Uh, yeah. so there for, you know, the Wembley when obviously lost 1-0 to Blackburn. But, um, yes. but yeah, so, you know, it was sad really for me because I'd been, obviously been there since I was like 14. Until yeah. Until just 10 years, I was eight years, sort of from 16 to 24, eight years. Is, you know, it was a long time. Um, sad to leave, but probably the right time to leave, maybe. Sorry, my daughter's just going out, just waving to her. <laughs> uh, um, the right time to leave yeah. them, you know, not to be stuck in the reserves and you know, not, not that we earned a lot of money anyway. Um, but just, you know, I wanted to get first team games. Which you did when, I mean, you went on to like Bradford, Huddersfield, Oldham, Berry, Swansea. Berry, so you yeah. went on and played a lot of games for a lot, well, for a few extra, for a few different teams, Paul. Yeah, I, you know, I, you know, my status, hence my, my Twitter name is really 551 because of 551 league games. Yeah. And 58 goals. So it's not a bad, you it's know, an not excellent career, yeah. Return, you know, as I said before, to be, you know, I had a, had a checkup earlier on, uh, to be in the top 100 uh, appearance, less league appearances for Leicester, you know, it's only 162, 163. And I think I've got more than the legend Birch himself, I think. <laughs> yes. Which is some statement. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I was, you know, privileged to play for the club, privileged to play professional football because nowadays, young professional, they get things handed on a plate where, where we were playing, the likes of me, Ali, Steve, Paul Ramsey. We had to work. We had to work hard to make a living. Paul, when you when you were there at that age, did you have to apprentice and look after one of the senior players? Do the yeah, cleaning um, and that. Who, which players did you look after? Paul Ramsey, Bobby Smith were my players. Yeah, Paul Ramsey, Bobby. Paul Ramsey was something I couldn't understand the word that he'd say. To me. <laughs> but he, he had the worst pair of Adidas boots I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> We'd already insist on wearing them for games. They, they were holes in them. They were ripped in them. I'm like, oh, want new boots? No, no, no. It's all right. I'll use them. So I just have to, you have to look after them. And um, yeah, and Bobby Smith as well. So yeah, Bobby Smith again from from myself for being a kid down there in the late seventies and eighties. Bless him because obviously he's passed away now. But Bobby Smith, yeah. get on your bike, Bobby Smith. Everybody used to shout at him because he, he was a great fullback. Yeah, well, at that, that time when I was a friend, I, my, as I you know, told you before, my job was um, I was on first team duty, uh, match day duty, which meant being on the bench for first team games. Yeah, uh, and it was it was a funny story. I used to wait in the in the in the corridor at the uh, Filbert Street, and Gary Lineker always used to come, and always before the game, Jerry Summers used to say, "Come on, Gary, get those legs going," and he always looked down at me, and put his eyes back, and say, "Oh, here we go again." <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, it was great, like you know, having them, them boys, having trained with them boys, and, and my job was to clean up after them during after training sessions and stuff like that. And so it was just good being a being in amongst that environment. Yeah, and you you're now bringing it right up to nowadays, Paul. Obviously, when you finish football, I know you've done some some managing and some academy stuff. What where, where are you at now? What what's keeping yeah, you busy I'm, at the moment? Yeah, I'm current. I'm currently um, so lead Swansea. In- no, no, I no, I left Swansea. Swansea made me redundant in last May. Um, okay. Cost cutting. I was there for two years, uh, yeah. full time. You know, I gave up my job because I worked for Royal Mail for fourteen years, as well as still coaching in the academy and yeah. coaching first team in Welsh Premier League. Yes. Uh, managing in Welsh Premier League, 
so they made me them. So I'm, at the moment, I'm um, youth phase lead at Forest Green Rovers. Uh, but I'm unsure about what I'm going to do next because obviously the, where it is, I'm still living in Swansea. Um, travel costs are getting a, a, a little bit, so you know I'm going to have to have a rethink about what my next uh, next venture is going to be. But post post playing football, you're still being very much involved in it, and it's still been a big passion of yours, Paul. Yeah, you know, since I was 16, I'm 52 now. So since I'm 16, I've always been in football, always been in football. So I played for 19 years, finished at 35, played in the Welsh Premier League for two years, three years, um, managed, uh, sorry, coached for five years, also working in the academy at Swansea on a part-time basis for 12 years. Um, so I've always been involved in football. Um, you know, there have been a couple of jobs I have applied for. Um, Leicester City, under 18, one being one. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't uh, received anything back, so you know that's probably a no-no. Well, um, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think it's a bit late now. Um, you know, they were going to let people know um, a couple of weeks after the after the thing died, but um, you know, I don't expect any favours. You know, I am I have got my A license. The only one I haven't got is a pro license, which I think yeah. everybody, you know, especially a club like Leicester will attract pro license coaches. Uh, you know, not just from this country, but. You know, probably from abroad as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I've, in the academy, I worked under uh, Brendan Rodgers was manager at Swansea. Worked in the academy, so know his philosophy, know his playing style. Um, but yeah, so it's just I'm just at a, a, a crossroads at the minute on whether I continue at Forest Green or whether I try and look for you know something more local to where I am. But yeah, I'm but still very much involved with the football side. Involved in football, but again, it's one of them. You know, I've been involved well from 16 to 52, what's that, 30 odd years, and yeah. never, never had a break from football. So maybe you know, it might be time to finish, unless I get, you know, unless I get something else. So a couple of uh, quick fire questions for you, Paul, before we let you go. Once again, thanks for joining us. Okay. Quick fire questions. What's your favourite memory from your time at Leicester? Leicester's got to be my, I wouldn't say my, my first team debut away at Southampton. I think it would probably be my home debut. I think we played Charlton Athletic. Um, I came on for the last 12 minutes. Steve Moran came off. I came on for the last 12 minutes. And for my mum and dad who supported me throughout my career, were there to watch it. Obviously, goals I scored, Swindon at home. Yeah. I scored, Blackburn. Um, just, being, just being a professional footballer at Leicester, really. Another quick fire one. Who was the biggest joker at Leicester City while you were there? Was there a joker in the pack? Somebody who was always larking around. Tony Spearing. <laughs> Tony Spearing. Can you remember any of the sorts of things he maybe used to get up to? He was just a character. He was a typical typical Cockney wide boy. Yes. Typical, always loud, always on the go, taking the mick out of people. Um, accent. He always used to take the mic out of uh, Alan Paris. Um, <laughs> yes. Things that you can you can say on here, no, but probably not nowadays. No, so, but yeah. you know, but it was all in it was all in good fun. Um, so yeah, Tony Spearing, I'd say. And who did you used to room with when you went to away games? Did you have a a few or? No, it, it was it was different, really. I mean, David Pleat used to put us like with different people. You know, I. I think my first trip away, I think we went on a pre-season tour to Germany and I shared with Gary McAllister. Um, you know, we used to go, 
I, it's one of them where you can't, I can't really remember. I'm honest. No. <laughs> Alan Paris, I shared a couple of times. So we didn't really have um, an out and out room party where nowadays play, football players have this aura about them. They say, like, I want to be with such and such, where back in the day, you know, yeah. you got with who you were with, and that, that was it. Different way. Who was, yeah. and one final quick fire question of your Leicester time. Who do you think was the most skillful player you played with? Because there's, like Football. you've listed, yeah, most skillful. The one where you, because people like Gary Mack, even, I, I, were you there with Kevin McDonald as well? Kevin Mack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, didn't play the first team with Kevin, but obviously I'd seen him play. Um, God, Gary McAllister was different, different class, silky, you know, stylish. He's passing, everything he'd done was all stylish. But, um, I would probably say I know a lot of people. Peter Weir was absolutely magnificent. Yeah, he came down from Scotland, didn't he, I think, to us. I'm trying to remember where he came from. Was it Rangers? I'm not sure whether it was. I know he played for Aberdeen. I'm not sure. Yeah. But Peter Weir, as a left winger, was absolutely fantastic. Skillful, the tricks. Wasn't the quickest, but obviously he was 34, 35 maybe. Yeah, he was towards the end of his career, wasn't he? Skill-wise, you know, definitely he was. he was up there with the best of them. Brilliant. Paul, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. We've had lots of views, lots of people commenting. It's been a pleasure and an honour to have uh, one of my heroes from back in the day on. So thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Thanks, Paul. Great to see you and we'll keep in touch. OK, take care. Thanks a lot. So that yes. is Paul Reed. Reedy, Reedy. Oh, God, I used to love chanting at people like Reedy and Tommy Wright a bit after from the cop. Those days, it's just not quite there. It's different now. It's just different. That's all we can say when you go and watch Leicester. Hey, it's been pretty good recently, winning the Premier League, getting into the Europa League. Now, before I let you all go, um, I'm wearing the new shirt. And if you've not entered yet, we have got one of the new Leicester shirts to give away. Yes, it's got the Europa League badges on it. Yes, they're not the Champions League one, but we are in Europe. We'll take that from back. Again, chatting with Paul Reid rem remembers me or reminds me that you know it wasn't always 32,000 crammed into Leicester some of those days were 11,000 making sure that we didn't get relegated to uh whatever it was league division two back then that day against Oxford United so um if you want to win that shirt you just go to leicesterfantv.com as simple as that uh Ross says blimey Tom has changed yes Tom's not here um so Join us again. The next one is Thursday night, which is tomorrow night with Lox is hosting. He's got joined by Josh. He's joined by Owen Palmer Atkin from BBC Radio Leicester and Ian Hume. Hume is joining as well tomorrow night. Uh, my name's Phil. This is Leicester Fan TV. Once again, thanks to Paul Reid. It's been absolutely brilliant to have a legend on like him. Uh, we'll see you very shortly. Thanks for watching. <laughs>
there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.